This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Every day is an April Fool day for me because people say I'm a fool. Because you are the April Fool. Yeah, so 30 days. It's your day. It's my day, yeah. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Jay Tinneman a three for the tie. Off the backboard and good! Jay Tinneman makes it in! Off the buzzer and we've got overtime! Everything happening in the sports world. Galen wants Jackson and he scores! On the last play of the game! Unbelievable! And even some things not happening in the sports world. Just be patient. And I know I stink. Everyone tells me I stink. Yeah, you're so the worst. I am the worst. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, maybe very well rested, after a weekend, Mr. Steve Sell, are you very well rested? No. Why not? I've I've got a sore throat. So that means you're not well rested? Well Doesn't I Doesn't mean you don't feel good. I I was up I was kinda up and down all night. Just couldn't couldn't I mean I was waking up, go back to sleep, wake up, had my window open. When, you know, well, I think I, that's the real problem here. We've discussed it before, but Steve I, like I don't want to wanna use the word scared or afraid. But I think that when a storm rolls into town, you become very alert. Oh, I do. You become very cautious. I'm all over it. I don't think you are afraid, but I think if a big old bolt of lightning strikes down pretty close to your apartment, you get a little wiry and you're looking around and going, uh-oh, what do I got to oh, yeah. do? What I, do I, I got to do? I don't, I don't like bad weather. Bad weather, whew, I don't know. It starts to roll in and Steve gets nervous, but you're well-rested enough after, besides your sore throat. Mm-hmm. Didn't, How, even play, uh, didn't even play golf Saturday. You didn't play golf this weekend? I played yesterday. Oh, you played Sunday. Didn't play Sa- Saturday. Didn't play Saturday. Well, Steve was here early putting up stories at midkansasonline.com. He was very busy. I was in here running the board for Mark's Remote at U.S. Cellular. And Steve was very vocal on Saturday morning. I don't know if you're like that every Saturday morning, but, man, you were hooting and hollering back there. I was. God, God, this next thing just rolled in. Oh, God. <laughs> Track results. Oh, man. Oh, this is going to take forever. Well, and I think three or four times he walked by and he said, this is the longest I've ever been here on a Saturday. Well, it was. I Saturday, You know, normally uh, most people, a lot of people get Saturday and Sunday off, but uh, I don't get either day off. You so, could take it off if you wanted to. Well, I got the people demand. They demand their stories. You wouldn't have to come in Saturday. You could do it Sunday or vice versa. Can't do that. The people demand the stories. See, the good thing about Steve is that he doesn't have Wi-Fi at his house. So he he could do a lot of this at home, but he has to come here. And that's what we need to keep you doing, Steve. You don't need Wi-Fi at your house. you got to keep coming up here. Gives you something to do. Gives you purpose. I always have a purpose. You always have a purpose. Other than that, did you enjoy your weekend? Did you get to watch a lot of sports, or did you just kind of sleep? No. Because it's a weird sports weekend again. Yeah, I I watched quite a bit of sports. I watched a lot of Royals. Okay. Watched the Royals play. 
Uh, didn't see much, but uh, watched the Royals play. You're saying you weren't very impressed with the Royals this Wasn't weekend? very impressed. Uh, watched a little NBA. Just Were you impressed? I, I'm so tired of the whining by the Warriors and the Rockets. Both. That is the biggest takeaway from this weekend. Man, I tell you, it, it's, this is a whiner series. I mean, they're just a bunch of ball babies. I'm, I'm just not a big fan of complaining to officials over and over and over yeah. again. Because it's not like one of these teams was really getting bad calls sent their way. It just felt like everything they were doing, whether it's James Harden flopping, Chris Paul turning and barking at a ref on every single play, the Warriors murdering James Harden a few times, just going out of their way to get after him. It was just a weird, weird game one between those two teams. I know Steve's answer here in just a minute is going to be, Oh, it's just the Warriors. They're going to win. There's no, no, there's no chance that the Beard can beat them. Did that change your mind a little bit with a close game? No. In game one? Because now the Rockets have to win four out of six. There's no way the Warriors lose four out of six to anybody. I don't care who they're playing. How do you see this Warriors team and their run comparing to some of the other really great NBA dynasties? Because if they do win this year, it would be three in a row. It would be four out of five, and the one year of that five that they did not win, they had 73 wins. They had the most wins of any team ever. And they would have won that series. And they should have won that series. Had Draymond Green not done a bunch of talking and got suspended. And and Andrew Bogut got hurt. Right, right. All those things. How do you see this Warriors dynasty and this little run that they've been on stacking up to some of the other ones? Well, you look back, you know, having watched the NBA since 1965, Boston, of course, won. I think it was either 9 out of 11 or 11 of 13. I can't remember for yeah, sure. Yeah, they didn't have a three-point line. But remember, they only had there were only seven other teams in the league. Right. So that, you know, that they were great. No question. They were the great. But they didn't have much competition. I mean, it was They didn't they had, leave the Northeast. They had, it was just they had New York. Beat, they had to beat Wilt every year, you know, and then in the in the, you know, and then beat the Lakers, whoever the Lakers, Jerry West and Elgin Baylor. I mean, they Seemed like they finished second every year. Then you had the uh, dynasty of the Bulls. You know, I thought you know, well, right. Lakers, Bulls, and Celtics all. What was in- it? Ninety or it would have been what? 92, 93, 94, or, or probably 91, 92, 93, the and then the ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight with right. the Bulls. But I go back to the Lakers and the Celtics in the early eighties, of course. And to me, I, I'm I'm still maybe I'm old school. But I think, no, you're not old school at all. But the Steve. golden era of NBA basketball was in the 80s and early 90s. That's the best NBA basketball we had. It felt like that was a really good time where everybody was pretty balanced. Yeah, every team had a very important superstar. Right. It wasn't just like a Giannis with the Bucks this year. Yeah. Where he is a superstar, but he's not like a popular. Superstar, where I think if you polled a lot of people here, in McPherson, they don't know who. Giannis I, I don't is. think that's a that's a person that's really in their name base. Where right look, now it's the Warriors with all their guys, whether it's it's the Durant, Warriors, Curry, it, it's Thompson, the Warriors and everybody else right now. I'm sorry, that's just what it is. But James Harden's the other household name. But the Lakers and Celtics, when they were meeting in the '80s, you never knew who was going to win. You know, Boston, they go back to the Boston Garden. They don't turn the. It's like. 115 degrees in the Boston Garden. They don't turn the air conditioner on in the visitors' locker room. It's, it's like a sauna. They played all these, you know. Red Auerbach was always pl- had tricks up his sleeves, and and L.A. had, you know, they had Kareem, they had Magic, they had Worthy, A.C. Green, Byron Scott. 
I mean, just think the how forum. Yeah. They were feeling good out oh, there yeah. at the Jack, forum. Jack was sitting there watching him and Jimmy Goldstein. And then you had the Celtics. They had Parrish, McHale, Bird, DJ, and Danny Ainge. I mean, if that's not the two best starting fives in NBA history, I don't know what is. So what do you think is missing right now in the NBA, whether it's the postseason or just as a league as a whole, what do you think is missing that is not drawing your excitement? I think the what game, does it need? The game has got so much pick and roll, one-on-one. Celtics and, and Lakers played beautiful basketball. It was run and gun and fun and, and showtime, and, and this is just plotting, you know, back a guy down, you know, r- jump into a guy. And then the three-point shooting is – you didn't see this many threes taken – Back in those days. Well, number one, they weren't as good a three-point shooters back then. Right. Number two, it wasn't – people weren't smart enough to realize that three I, is greater than two. And I, and I, st- and I also say – Because the, the advanced analytics tell you that the way they're playing the game right now is the most efficient. The personalities in the 80s and early 90s were so much better. I mean, you got a bunch of guys. They don't – you know, they whine at the media. They whine at the officials. They just – you know, they're just not very engaging – personalities but back then you had magic you know you had even though bird didn't say much when he said something it was always pretty funny and then you you know you had kareem you know the elder statesman you had danny ainge who would fit into this era because he was a big whiner this is a conversation in a direction that i wanted to have last week do you remember when we had our conversation about the oklahoma city thunder yeah and and some of their problems that they've had and I was reading this really good story from Grantland, which I guess would now be The Ringer, pretty much. But it was from three or four years ago, and they were talking about Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant and the way the Oklahoma City Thunder handled the media. And I wanted to ask you, does it bother you as a media person the way that some of the modern athletes talk about the media, and and they act like, oh, everybody's out to get me. Yeah. D- does that bother you? Yeah, because we're not out to get anybody. I think I mean, there why- are some members of the media that would have a, a certain poll, they would write for a certain place, and sometimes their message could come across that way. I think it does happen a little bit. And maybe the people like Stephen A. Smith, Colin Cowherd, Skip Bayless... Maybe some of those people have an agenda that you might say. But I get the feeling that for the most part, especially beat writer type of media personalities, that that's not... Like pistol. Yeah, sure. (laughs) That there's not really an agenda. And for some reason, I don't know what it is about this newer modern athlete, whether it's just the fact that they've grown up being kind of their own media person through social media, because... You have to remember that too. Thirty years ago, that they these people well, you know, didn't have a way to get you know their message out. What I've said out. about social media, it's destroyed the world as far as I'm concerned. No, I think there's a lot of great things, but I think it's changed the way that athletes want to interact. Because I think Kevin Durant, if you were going to ask him if he was going to have a press conference, how he would want to get some message out, I think he would much rather go to Instagram put up his message or record himself doing the video and putting that out there than having to go sit at a podium and go through the message that way and be asked questions. I think it's just a difference in personality, and who knows? The way that they do it now might be a lot better. And part of the article here I was reading is they were going, 
why do we still, with professional sports especially, have cameras and people go into the locker room and sit there while these people are at their locker in a towel, shirtless, yeah, and ask them questions and you know, turn away while they're putting their underwear on? Why, why do we still do it that way? Why do we... Well, they don't really... They don't do it that way that much anymore. It's it's they get three people come in. They line no throughout the NBA. They they really do bring everybody into the locker room. Okay, I didn't I didn't know if they still and with like the Royals and some major league baseball teams. A lot of those they will always go into Ned Yost office per se. Oh, that's a lot of fun. Which you have to go into the locker room, then you go in there and set everything up for Ned's office. Speaking of a guy that doesn't like the media, I don't know if it's that he doesn't like him. It's just that he doesn't. He doesn't probably feel the need to answer so many when, different questions. When, when you listen to Ned's post-game press conference, when has there been a, a game, even after they've won, when he's not been testy at some point? Well, he, he always will have a weird – they'll say, well, well, you know, Junis hadn't thrown very well the last couple of games, and he was really good tonight. What would you think? He'll go, well, oh, I thought he threw great the last couple of games when he gave up eight bombs. Yeah. Uh, it, it's He handles things a little bit weird, but do you think – that maybe that's a part of this is that some of the players, they don't interact with the media like they did 30 years oh, ago no. because it's just different. No, the enemy or the media are the enemy of the people. I and I just think somewhere. it's weird. And I don't know if that derives from politics and what we've seen over the last 10 years with that, with people sitting around and going fake news, okay. the, the media is out to it, get you. I don't know if that carries over into this pundits. It's all about pundits. There's a, you didn't have, really pundits back in the besides 80s. you yeah besides me but back in the 80s you didn't have the Stephen A. Smith you didn't have the well column. you did they just wrote a column in yeah. Detroit and they nobody knew besides people in Detroit right right but now you got all these guys that make their living on pontificating and throwing out abstract thoughts and uh, you know it's, things are just different and I, I guess maybe I just haven't gotten into the real world I don't know Maybe you are not in the real world. What would you think about going on the show, The Real World? I don't know what that is. You don't remember that show? I don't know. I think it was on MTV. Okay, I don't know. Reality show where they get about 20 people together, well, you, you know, and they I, all live in a house. You know how I feel about reality shows. And there's always drama going on, and they kick somebody off every week. Sure. I think you would like it. I doubt it. I think you could be in the real world, and maybe like 25-year-old Steve Sell. Yeah. I was more fun back then. Probably. 60 year old Steve Sell, not nah, quite as fun. Curmudgeon. All right, Steve, let's take our first break. When we come back, we've got to dive into the NFL draft, what the Chiefs did, who they took, and how we grade this draft for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. According to Jim is brought to you by. Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Well, Steve, the last time that we were talking, it was a very frustrating, very upsetting day with all the Tyree Kill drama that was going on on Thursday night, carrying into Friday. Of course, nothing has really 
happened as of now and probably won't happen for a little bit. I know that the Chiefs are trying to get the NFL and Commissioner Goodell to put Hill on the exempt list. I know they're in the process of that, but throughout the rest of the weekend, they still had to go through the NFL draft. Yeah. Rounds two and three on Friday, and then Saturday, the rest of the misfits. How do you grade, based off of what you've seen with these six players that the Chiefs took, how, how do you grade this so far? I'll read them off for you again. Round number two, the 56th pick, Mecole Hardman, wide receiver out of Georgia. Round number two, 63rd pick, Safety Juan Thornhill, and I can't remember the school that... Virginia. Yeah, he's from Virginia. Then there was Kalen Saunders, 84th pick in the third round, big defensive lineman. Round six, Rashad Fenton, who's a cornerback. Round six, 214, running back Darwin Thompson. Nick Allegretti in round seven, the interior offensive lineman. They think he's going to be a center. So how do you grade this class with these six picks also considering that there was not a first-round pick. Well, they had to take Hardman as you know their first pick because they had to have a receiver. Because, let's face it, Tyreek Hill will never play for the Chiefs again. I mean, I don't know why anyone's even thinking remotely that he's going to be back with the Chiefs. There's no way. So, you know, I watched the uh, tape of this Mecole Hardman. He is fast. Yeah. And they're just hoping, they're just hoping they catch lightning in a bottle and that, you know, he's another Tyreek Hill, which – I don't think he – because one thing about Tyreek Hill, he's not very big, but, man, is he put together. I mean, he is – Yeah. He's a, he's a massive muscle. Uh, Hardman doesn't have that kind of physicality to him. As for the other ones, uh, I know um, from the guy – you know, I kind of follow what the Raiders say, and they really like this Thornhill guy. He's a physical – The Raiders? The guys that rate the draft. Oh, the Raiders. Dra- Dra- Raiders. I thought you meant the Oakland Raiders. Hey, Raiders. Yeah, my, all my Oakland Raiders yeah, friends. Juan Thornhill is regarded as a pretty, you know, pretty solid pick. Uh, the tackle, I believe it is Saunders. Kalen Saunders. He, he comes. Have from, you seen the videos of him yeah, flipping? Yeah, he, he does. Yeah, but uh, you know, he had to, you know, he's sep- like 5'10", 340 he pounds. He separated himself from the rest by being able to backflip. If he can tackle, you know, then he, then he's fine. The other ones, the guard out of Illinois who they're looking at a center, I don't know. I don't think he'll be the guy. Uh, what was left? What were the other ones left? The running back, Darwin Thompson, and then cornerback, Rashawn Fenton. Yeah, Fenton will just go into the cornerback mix. Let's face it, they've just thrown out a bunch of ham and eggers on the corner anyway. And then the running back, I'm not sure why they picked a running back. Uh, they've signed Carlos Hyde. Uh, they've got Williams and Williams. Spencer Ware, I mean, could still come back. I mean, he's a free agent. I mean, the Chiefs could still work out something with him. So not really sure why they went running back. Uh, you know, they only had six picks, three of them offense, three of them on defense. I don't think that was their plan going into the draft. But the Tyreek Hill situation really threw, uh, you know, it really scrambled their draft board. So as we look ahead to 2019 for the Chiefs, after seeing this draft, after seeing what the AFC West has done, it's not like the Chargers got a whole lot better at an, a, a huge important position because a lot of their really good players are still going to be back. The Raiders, their main pieces are still about the same. The Broncos did draft Drew Locke, but they also have Joe Flacco. I don't know what's going to happen there with John Elway, the quarterback whisperer, and what he could do with those picks. But do you see much of a change in the AFC West, based off of what has happened in the last four days, draft included, 
plus the Tyreek Hill situation. How do you see the AFC West shaking out now? I don't think there's any question the Chargers are the team to beat. They have not taken hardly any hits. You know, they didn't lose a lot of free agents. The Chiefs, I mean, they have shed themselves of a ton of high-priced guys that some of them, granted, might be a little over the hill, but they were highly paid. I just think the Chiefs, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, you still got to have something to go with them. And now that you've lost Tyreek Hill, you've lost, uh, oh, who's the other? Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Um, I just think that offense is going to take a hit and the defense is going to be terrible. How do you see 2019 going for Patrick Mahomes? Because the big weapon here was Tyreek Hill. And we're going to assume at this point that he will not be there. Let's say he's not there. Do you see him dropping off significantly in terms of his product? Not necessarily stats, because it will be hard for him to recreate what he did this past year, even if he had all the same guys back. Do you see his game personally taking a step back? Or do you think it'll be about the same, he just won't have the weapons? And this is really like his sophomore year. Right. Because last year, he was basically his freshman year was last year. If you, you know, equate it to the college... And there's always that sophomore slump. And, you know, the NFL is very good. I mean, the whole thing about the NFL is making adjustments, and the league is going to adjust to him. Now, granted, he can do things that nobody else can. He can throw passes from angles. But I think they're going to miss Spencer Ware if he doesn't come back. Of course, Hill's a, a huge loss. I just don't have faith that Sammy Watkins can stay healthy. The guy gets hurt every single year. He's good for maybe 10 games when he's healthy. You know he'll he'll be the number one receiver next year. Now Demarcus Roberts or Demarcus Robinson's not bad. I still like that. Was it Dieter? Is that his name? Garrett Dieter. Garrett Dieter. If he's still there, I kind of like him. And you still have Travis Kelsey, but I think the loss of Mitch Morse at center is going to be big because you know he was a really really good center. So I just don't see the Chiefs being as prolific offensively. And I, I I've said it before. I worry that. Patrick Mahomes has really spent a lot of time on what they call the banquet trail. He's showing up. He's the Madden cover boy. Yeah, he's showing up at everything. I mean, if there's some big event, the Oscars or something, or, you know, some. He was at the draft. He was at the draft. Talking with Robin Roberts. Yeah, so, I mean, he shows up everywhere. It's time for the guy, though. He's going to have to start to buckle down, get himself in shape. Looks like he's put on a couple pounds to me. No, he just looks strong. Well, but uh, I think that, uh, you know, he's only he should only get better. I mean, because he's going to be able to figure out defenses better. But uh, I just think with the schedule they have, and I, I think the Chargers are going to be better. I think Denver's going to be better. The Raiders are definitely going to be better than they've It's been. hard for them to be worse. Yeah. But Antonio Brown, I mean, that makes them – that's he's worth probably two more wins this year. Did you enjoy the scenes of the draft this weekend in Nashville? Did it look like it was a fun time? Looked like a bunch of idiots to me. There were six hundred thousand people. Well, that's just it. Reportedly there. Yeah, I, I just now thought, I bet a lot of them did not go there just planning to be at the draft. No, a they, lot of them just were happy to be there and would stop by and add to this count. So you don't think you would want to go hang out in Nashville at the draft? You couldn't have paid me to go to that. Why not? It's a, it's just a mass of humanity. Most of them. Are, Why don't you just park it in a bar right there next to the stage and of, hang out? Most of them are just off their rocker. I mean, a lot of them are off their rocker. They paint their face. I've never understood face painting and things like that. Maybe it's, it's called just, spirit, Steve. Well, Maybe I, you don't have any spirit left in you. I, 
I think all my spirit probably left in the 60s. I got the feeling that if we go back to 1975 and the Indy Bulldogs oh, were yeah. taking on Coffeeville oh, in yeah. a big basketball game, I'd be that all Steve could have painted his face. No. Or I, orange on one side, black on the other. No, Go Bulldogs. No paint in the face. And you'd be yelling at the Coffeeville guys now across the I way. Now, and I knew a lot of you'd them. You'd say, too. Go home! I knew a lot of them. And I even end up, you know, living in a, you know, in a fraternity house with about five of them. So. Go home to the Ville! Yeah. I, I could see you getting real fired oh, up. Oh, it was. The Ville and Indy was an intense rivalry. You know, it was. There was talk at one point they were going to play the high school football games in the afternoon. Ooh. Because you don't want everybody getting rowdy. Yeah, because they were worried that there could be some mischief. Never would happen from you. Well, it wouldn't be. No me. doubt in my mind. No. All right, Steve, we'll take our final break. Be back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, I know that you went out and checked out a little football over the weekend, not the draft or pro football. Matt College, spring mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Did you have some solid takeaways from that, or was it just a typical spring game where you don't learn that much? Oh, I definitely had some takeaways. They're going to be a lot better defensively. Uh, Charles Tisby, who redshirted last year, uh, you know, Coach Fiscus has said, you know, Coach Fiscus was a graduate assistant at TCU. He said Charles Tisby could have played for TCU when he was there. He says he's that good an athlete. He and they re- were pretty good while he was yeah. there, too. I think they won the Rose Bowl. Yeah, he really he really dominated. Ben Nickel, the McPherson bullpup, had eight catches in the game, uh, really found a way to get open. And, man, I'll tell you what, I don't think people realize how fast he is once he, he – he's not – I shouldn't say he's fast. He's quick, though. He's got that quick first step and kind of pulls away from people. Uh, they, You know, Coach Fiscus is going to do a good job. Um, you know, he's got a real low-key approach, and the players really like him. I talked to a bunch of players after the game, and, and they really like him. They, and they said, you know, he's, 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 a, he's a player's coach, but he can be tough when he needs to be. And uh, I, I think he's going to really do a nice job. Other big news that popped up over the weekend, Steve, that is that the Kansas State High School Activities Association – added girls wrestling as an official state-sanctioned sport. That's right. The last few years, McPherson has kind of been the pioneer of getting girls wrestling started. They were hosting an unofficial state tournament where they would crown a state champion on the girls' side, but you don't get the serious credit for it because it's not a sanctioned event. Right. It's not like they were just a bunch of renegades and they were holding it down in the back room, but it just wasn't a Cassius-sanctioned right. sport. And they passed it this week with flying colors, 63-2, to and it is very good to see Kansas make the right move here. And a lot of credit is going out to Shane Bakus, athletic director at the high school, Doug Kretzer, the wrestling coach that really got this going, as well as Maya Kretzer, his daughter, who was one of the big pioneers of this as well. Yeah, she's, she was kind of the one that kind of drew people in. And, and now the key is, now that Maya's graduated, will, you know, there continue to be, especially in McPherson, 
Will the numbers come out? Now it's a sanctioned sport. Will that be more of a draw for girls to go out for wrestling? You'd like to see every team have at least about 15 girls, I, I believe. We're going to have Coach Kretzer on the show tomorrow. We want to hear a little bit about his journey with this and, and trying to get this event and, and the sport and itself then, sanctioned. He has been working on this for seven or eight years. Long time. Right. And it has paid off. Everybody is very excited about it. It's the 15th state in the country to adopt girls wrestling, and that will, of course, begin next year. And the first comment that Steve made after he learned that this was going to pass and that it is going to be the first new sport in the state since 2005, he said, I really wish this could have happened three or four years ago. So that way somebody like Maya Kretzer or some of the other girls that have been coming up these last few years and have had a good run would have had a chance to be official state champions. Right. And because because it's not officially sanctioned, like Maya Kretzer won three years in a row. Uh, and I'm sure was named the most outstanding female two, wrestler two, all three years. Two of the three years, I think she was the most outstanding wrestler. I mean, that would put her on the wall of fame automatically. Now, you know, she'll have to go through the process. Uh, but there's no doubt she'll be a wall of famer. Trust the when, process. Yeah, when her when her eligibility comes up, she will be on the wall of fame. So we'll do that tomorrow. Busy week ahead, though, because we get into May, which means the postseason is knocking on the door, and Steve Sell is starting to get a little less busy as each day continues on. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll tell you, spring is. The, you know, everyone says, "Well, God, football and basketball season's got to be the busiest." That is not true. There are more sports in the spring than any other time. So uh, they're winding down today. League tennis was going on today. Um, and then the regional tennis is, Saturday? is uh, this Friday, week. Saturday. Friday, Saturday days. at the McPherson Night Tennis Complex. All right, Steve, we'll wrap up today's show. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.